quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, yes, guy. Welcome to Yes Guy episode 112, or as we like to say, Yes Guy 112. Coming up on the broadcast today, very shortly, Warren Ward, my co-host on our Raptors coverage. After that, Barry Davis, a former sportscaster, now into selling cars and in tribute bands. So it's going to be a pretty good conversation about music. Jeff O'Neill, the O-Dog, will be buying segment three. And Yes Guy, No Guy, the topic is cars. The guest is Frank Corrado. If you are an experienced real estate agent, you should add a distinct advantage and comprehensive value. Contact Charles Park, managing broker, REMAX Realty Services, Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. Call Charles at 647-292-8886 for a confidential interview or contact him via email charlespark at remax.net. When you go to the fox40shop.com site, you will find the Fox 40 Titan, Fox 40 Coaching Boards, the Fox 40 Electronic Whistle, producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. Go to fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. Guest number one, it's a thrill to be working with this guy, and, and you know this is, this is new for me this year. He did a couple of filling games last year, but love working with Warren Ward. Warren, how are you today, sir? Yes, guy. I'm good. <laughs> I am so well, glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to say Ixnay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not today. <laughs> no, not today. No Ixnay today. We've got some time to fill. Uh, so tell us what you do when you're not doing, you do the Raptors 905, and you do our Raptors on TSN 1050, so pretty busy that way. But tell us about Warren Ward when he's not doing that. Yeah, well, I am. Uh, I work for... I work in tech, essentially. I work tech sales. So I work for a company called retention.com, which I just started uh, beginning of this month. And it is, it is great. I work with some really cool brands. And um, what we do is we help e-commerce brands grow um, essentially their business um, through uh, email marketing. So that's what I do outside of this. I'm also, I'm also uh, a serial uh, uh entrepreneur as i would you know if that's what they're called so i have a bunch of other projects that uh i work outside of that as well okay so when you're doing the tech stuff i mean what, what do you find challenging about that um honestly at this point really nothing i mean there's there's uh what what i really like about it is just it's, it's a it's a value proposition so um the challenging if there's anything that's challenging it's just keeping up with with the demand of having so many e-commerce brands in the world we live in today where everything's online, um, trying to grow their businesses, you know, as much as possible. But some of the brands and stuff that I work with every day, like I shop there, I buy, you know, like I'll be like, like I'll be working on an account and I'm like, Oh, this is something I can use. So for example, there's this really cool company that has a, a water filtration system that you put on your shower head. Never seen that before. It takes out all the chlorine. I bought one yesterday. I'm working on the account. I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to help them grow their business, and they just took my money. So, you know, that's uh, pretty pretty much how it goes. If I see something that's really cool, um, you know, and it, like I said, it's it's a value based sale. So we we help them grow their business by allowing them to reach essentially, you know, more people. 
So what I'm fascinated with with um, athletes is is how they sort of um, take what you know not, not necessarily the playing but but sort of the theory uh, and the open mindedness that you're playing you're looking for things uh, and really the way you're describing your tech work is is sort of like is it is it somewhat similar to thought processes playing in other words seeing what's there and working with it does that make sense? Oh uh, yeah yeah you could I mean you could definitely say that I, I think um, well you know you've listened to me and I've and you've allowed me to. Uh, you know, be myself on air, of course. So thank you for that. But I, I'd say it's the same sort of thought process. What what I'm able to see on the basketball floor is just, it comes from my experiences. And I try and put myself um, in the player's shoes and try and think about, you know, what they were thinking or or a game plan, for example. So yeah, it's, it's very similar. I, I try to I try to come with, with, with that sort of mindset of, you know, of an experience-based one. And if it's something of value that I can use, uh, same thing in basketball. If it's something of value that that I can say that I know will help educate people and uh, allow them to see the game from maybe a different perspective, then you know that's what I that's what I uh, tend to say. I just think that, you know, if you're able to process what's happening on the court at, at a regular speed, you know, and that real-time speed for, for any live sport thing is, is really fast. So if you're able to sort of, uh, you know, slow that process down and, and know what's happening and react to it without overreacting to what's happening to you, if you could take that skill and apply it to other things in life, and I'm, I'm sure you're already doing that, that, that's something that most people don't have is the ability to slow things down mentally. Yeah, you know that's a good point. I, I think uh, one of my uh, one of my coaches actually we didn't really get along too well, but I definitely picked up some nuggets uh, from him. And one of the things he said was that in this game, at at a professional level, you have to be able to slow your mind down and speed your body up. So that's that's pretty much how I've since I heard that. It's pretty much how I've played and listened and 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 watched and tried to articulate basketball. Is that I'm I'm always trying to. Uh, keep keep my body moving at a you know a quick pace. Obviously, I'm not I'm not physically doing that, but I, I can watch someone else do it and then um, try and, and and think from their perspective about you know what they were thinking. Because essentially, to change direction at full speed uh, is exactly that. You know, you you got to be able to be in control of your mind and and uh, you know have your body move you know at a at a pretty much rapid pace. And a, a prime example of that was the last game me and you called. When Fred Van Fleet, the ball was loose, and Fred was near half court, and he gave uh, um, a pretty quick in and out, and and then Chris Boucher got uh, an alley oop right after. I don't know if you remember that play, but that was the play I yeah. literally thought of because he, I'm like Fred. Fred was running at full speed, but had to recognize the space in which you know he could move into, and that's that's pretty much how I like to broadcast. If there's a, if there's a play that happens in my mind, I, I would like to slow it down and think about what they were thinking and, you know, what I would do in that situation. Uh, the other, I think the other plus, and it's more basketball than the other sports, because the other sports are, are, are you know, I'm not saying basketball is not defensive, but there's, I mean, you're talking about 200 points on a nightly basis. So, so things aren't going to work out the way you want. So what, what you learn as, as a player would be that, okay, you got the two points, but now here's the counter. So you're not dwelling on, on what didn't work for you. You're dwelling on the solution. And to be able to process things that fast in, in regular, uh, I'm going to call it civilian life, uh, that's a real plus too, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's always next play. The game happens so fast, and I've always told you on air, I mean, you're, you're not playing a game of success. Basketball is a game of failure. If we make one out of two baskets for the game, you know what? We had a good night, right? So that's, uh, 
that's unheard of. The team is shooting 60% in the game. You know, we're, you know, we are concerned that that's too, you know, that's too good. So yeah, yeah you, it, it, it has to be next play mentality. Uh, I try not to dwell on too many things that have happened, you know, in, in the past and then the past literally is a second ago. And that's, if you live like that, you'll always kind of remain present, but that's, that's the hardest thing to do. I mean, that's even when I, I played six years of professional basketball, I don't think I enjoyed every second that I was playing because I was never there. I was always trying to, in my mind, I was trying to get ahead and, you know, put myself in the next situation or the next team or the next contract. And that takes away from the moment. So um, the best thing you can do as an athlete is to try and live in the very moment. And even as a broadcaster, I enjoyed so much because I, I'm, I'm there and I'm present in the moment. Yeah, you know, and again, basketball I think leads the way on this. The other sports have it, but it's more deliberate. It's, it's, you know, here's what you've done to my team, and here's what I'm going to do about it. And the answer in basketball comes really fast compared to the other sports. Yeah, I mean, like unlike hockey or soccer, um, it is it's it's different. Like you can you can make adjustments on the fly instead of having a you know one 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 mistake in a in one mistake in a game of soccer leads to a goal. Whereas basketball, it's like that is that is the premise. It's 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 limiting the mistakes. You know, it's limiting the it's limiting the other team's shot attempts. It's limiting um, you know turnovers. Those type of things affect the outcome of a game. Where as football or soccer or whatever else, you know, they the the margin for error is a little bit different, right? So. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, one of the things now you you bring many things to the table. Don't get me wrong here, but the one that I like the best is. Um, you don't like numbers. You you talk about affecting the game, which I think is yeah. really brilliant because a lot of us get stuck on numbers. I use numbers to start conversations, but but a lot of people can use numbers to minimize what's happened, and I I don't like that process because it takes away from from the reality. But tell us about affecting the game. Yeah, no, I I mean I, I said that to you, and that's that's been now that I have more opportunity to actually do so, I kind of I kind of like. I've, I've always been of that, of that mindset because we, we, we do hyper-focus on numbers. And I'm a numbers guy, too. I definitely bring them up. I think the numbers support what I'm saying. But when it comes to people saying that a player is good or a player is not good or this coach isn't good, or you know, then I look at it from that perspective. I'm like, okay, well, they may not have the greatest games all the time, but I was a player, so I, never, I was never perfect. I never had you know, any great games. I know that's hard for you to believe, Taddy, but believe it or not, it's true. I never, I never really had perfect games or a, a perfect season or whatever the case is. So my, my, my then train of thought goes, well, how does this individual or this, te- or this teammate affect the other guys on the floor? And how does that affect winning? Because that is the point of the sport. The point of the sport is not to get numbers. I, could, I have scored 40 points in a game and we've lost. So does it matter? Or if I score 22 and we win, then, you know, no, like that's, that's the point of the sport. No one really remembers you when you do well and you lose, you know, you know because that's not the point of that. That isn't the outcome. So when I, so when I hear people talk about a player being good or this person being effective or this person not being effective, then it all comes down to the bottom line of, well, do they affect winning? What's, what's the outcome here? Like what, what is there is, was what they do on the floor. How impactful is it on the bottom line of the sport or of the activity, even in sales, like even in my job currently, like what I do every day, how does it affect the bottom line, which is the company becoming, you know, more profitable in sports. It's winning that. So it's, it's, it's outcome and objective basis. So I think if a player is,
things that affect the outcome, then that's a good player. Because if you remove them from there, then they're, they're, you know, they're no longer going to do that. And I think the numbers support that. The, num- the, the, the numbers don't come first. Right. Yeah, that's the, I, I love the way you did that. And, Warren, we're, we're out of time. Thanks very much and <laughs> looking forward to our next broadcast. Yes, sir. I'll see you in a week. Okay. Yes, guy. All right, guy. Yes, guy. <laughs> <laughs> If you are an experienced real estate agent, you should add a distinct advantage and comprehensive value. Contact Charles Bark, managing broker, Remax Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. Call Charles at 647-292-8886 for a confidential interview or contact him via email, charlespark at remax.net. When you go to the fox40shop.com website, you will find hockey products like the Fox 40 Call, Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Don't forget to pick up a copy of the 40 Ways of the Fox, Ron Foxcroft's inspirational book for new entrepreneurs and business veterans alike. Fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 32 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Barely Financial Advisors Incorporated. Check out the Fox 40 Titan in a sleek titanium body. The Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic. Available now in titanium, gold, or matte black. Go to fox40shop.com. Guest number two, former broadcaster Barry Davis is here. He's in the car selling business, but he's also in the music business. And Barry, first of all, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great, and it's great to know that uh, you've got a wonderful sponsor in Herb Braley, a good man, a good friend of mine, too. Oh, excellent. They, that, that'll earn points with the sponsor. So tell <laughs> us, you, 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 you've got three tribute bands. Tell us about I do. Those. Well, um, you know, I, after spending you know, 25, 27 years in broadcasting and, and kind of putting music aside, because I did music from the time I was a teenager and then gave it up when I got into the business, so I kind of rediscovered it later in life, and I really wanted to do something. And, and doing original music at my age is not easy, and no one's going to buy it. So uh, the only way to be able to get it back on stage is to play music that someone else did. And I, I would remember watching a, the Tom Petty documentary, and it just hit me. And I thought, man, so many great songs. I'd love to do a band where we just do Tom Petty, and I knew that – I could do his voice because back when uh, my early days of music, we used to do a couple of petty songs and I would impersonate his voice. So I just threw it out there on Facebook. Is anybody interested in getting into a Tom Petty tribute? And right away, the guy who was my guitarist in the 80s, who I hadn't seen in over 20 years, Ken O'Gorman says, yes, let's do this. And it, and it started from there. And, you know, one band led to another, which led to another. And now. I'm just so obsessed with making music, and uh, however I can get work, gigs, you know, I'll, I'll play anything at this point. Okay, so the other bands are Driven, a Cars, the Cars tribute band, and Nowhere Men, obviously, the Beatles tribute band. So what is, do you have a favorite out of those three? Oh, Jimmer, you, you and I go way back, <laughs> and you know that we both share a passion, a huge passion for the Beatles. And so by far, that's my favorite one. And the great thing is we do it as a duo. Um, it's myself and uh, my partner, Martin Jones, who also plays guitar and sings. And in this modern era where you have the technology, we have backing tracks with us. 
So we're playing guitars and singing, but the drums and bass that are accompanying us are actually Ringo and Paul, which is pretty cool. So we're up there literally yeah. jamming with the Beatles as we're doing this. So um, that's my favorite one because, again, we the music means so much to me. And I was a bit afraid about doing this and learning how to play these songs on guitar because I was afraid I would never be able to hear the songs the same way anymore. But instead, it's opened it up in a whole new way, and I'm hearing things in songs that I had never heard. And I mean, Jim, I, if you've got any of those new uh, box sets that have come out, you, you really hear, you know, the remixes and it's like, wow, I, I didn't never heard this stuff in these songs. You're hearing them for the first time. And sometimes. Well, and that's fascinating. I mean, that, that that's um, sort of the, the attraction to Beatle music is as, as each format came out, uh, you would hear different things in the background, and it always amazed me. I'd love your take on this. Is that you know we heard it when it came out because I'm old enough to remember when it came out. We heard it on what we used to have with transistor radios, and the speaker mm-hmm. was two inches in diameter. I mean, it, it was a tinny little speaker where you you could hear the voice and you could hear the lead guitar. Drums were wasted, bass lines didn't even exist, but they put all that stuff on on their on, on the recording track, uh, you know, on their their master disc. And nobody ever heard it. I don't even know why they were motivated to put it on the disc. It's funny because uh, I heard an interview with Ringo recently, and he was saying with these remixes, he's like, I didn't even know I had a bass drum. It's like, it's amazing. I can finally hear my bass drum. And yeah, it was the technology they had then. And my God, I mean, Giles, I mean, George Martin, genius. Giles Martin is right up there with his dad because he's done some incredible things with this material. It's it's uh, startling to listen to, and, and you know we always knew they were ahead of their time, but but I don't think we knew by how much. I mean, it's it's fascinating stuff. Uh, so when you go to perform these things, what have you learned about their music? Well, I I learned that it's simple when you're listening to it as a fan, but it's deceivingly challenging to play. Um, they were so far ahead in in you know just coming up with these chord changes and progressions and. Uh, because they weren't uh, schooled musicians and didn't read music, they didn't know the rules. So there are a lot of rules broken, right? Uh, there's a song called Rain, which I'm sure you're aware of. And going into the first chorus, there's an extra bar for some reason, which shouldn't be there. Uh, and the second chorus, it isn't. And again, when you're listening to it as a fan, it doesn't hit you. But then when you're trying to remember how to play it, you go, oh, what in the world were they doing there? You know, And you <laughs> just break these songs down bit by bit. And and what's really cool is that they have all the stems that are put up on YouTube now. And if people don't know what stems are, it's just the individual tracks. They have right. this computer program now that can separate it. So like you could, I, and when I hear just a stripped down version of John Lennon singing anything from the Beatles era, it just blows my mind. Like the passion and how he sang and the way he pronounced things. And, you know, I learned so much more about this band learning how to play the music because I wouldn't do this if I didn't think we could pull it off, right? Uh, because the band means so much to me. So it's integral for me to learn these guitar parts note for note and to make sure that, you know, we have all the harmonies that need to be there. Even if we put, well, I've recorded some of the harmonies myself so we can put it on the track. So we do a song like Paperback Writer when you hear us play that live, you hear like four voices, you know, uh, which is needed for that, for that song. 
I'm glad you talked about the, the vocal performances because I was always of the opinion that uh, when uh, with the singer songwriter, when, when that person did their own material, sometimes they undersold it or you didn't appreciate the vocal performance because there was just so much stuff coming at you. But when you hear somebody else try to do it, and I'm thinking of uh, Dave Grohl on, on the, uh, the Beatles thing on, on the uh, uh, Grammy Awards, uh, the 50 years, you know, it's obviously years ago now, but when he tried to sing, Hey, Bulldog, and I went, Oh, you know, good attempt, but but then you realize the power of Lennon's voice. It's it's crazy. They're, they're songs, again, that I would sing along with for fun, but then when you have to sing them, um, don't let me down. When when I sing that, if I don't give everything I have when I sing that song, it's, it's just so weak, and people will know it, right? So, yeah, you just learn about when you can hear these things separated, you really hear what they were capable of and just – Man, and, and the real cool thing, Jim, is when we play these shows and we play a, a, a monthly show at a place in Burlington called The Block, by the way, great place. And um, it's a little charcuterie restaurant. Every night that we play there, we're there months a month. The crowd ranges from early 20s to, you know, late 60s, early 70s. And the early 20s people are singing these songs, too. That just blows my mind that, I mean, we're playing songs that are 60 years old. And people are hearing them like it's the first time they've heard them. And, and they're just like, who is this great band? Right? It's like, <laughs> I can't think of any other band that, that will ever do that. The Block. Uh, so when is your next performance there? That would be in March. It'll be the third Saturday in March. I'm going to look at my calendar right now. Uh, March the 18th. And if you want to go there, book a table in advance because it's a relatively small place and the last several shows we've done there, there hasn't been a table available. So, you know, book there and uh, come out and see us because, and that's the other thing too, is um, with the Beatles, I mean, with Petty, you've got this huge catalog. Uh, the Cars, it's a much smaller catalog, but with the Beatles, like, holy moly, there's just not a, there's not a bad song to do. And so we, we mix our sets up. We'll play different songs every, every time we play and we'll just talk, once a week and say, Hey, what about this song? Yeah, let's learn that one. And there's still hundreds of great songs that we don't play. <laughs> We've got about 70 songs in our repertoire and that's just scratching the surface of what we had to choose from. Okay. Quickly. Cause I, I want to get into the, the Bolton Honda experience for yes. you. Um, just, but just to finish off on the music, what, what song did, did you struggle with greatly? And, and what song do you really love performing out of that Beatles catalog? Oh, I tell you what, the song that I love performing the most right now is Tell Me Why. Uh, just love playing that song. And the one that I will say I struggled with the most, and it took me a long time to get this, and I'm still not 100% there yet, is uh, Lennon's guitar solos and Get Back. Um, <laughs> it's so simple, but if, it, if, it, if you don't play it right, you don't get the, the right feel it ruins it. So that one is the one I've I've really battled with, and it's getting there, Jim. It's getting close, but uh, okay. Let's talk about cars. Bolton Honda. Yes, What's this experience like for you? You know, it's crazy. Uh, after I was out of the broadcast business for a while, I I did my podcast for a few years, and then COVID came, and just couldn't really make ends meet on the podcasting side, and I. Uh, worked a you know a, a retail job stocking shelves at Bass Pro for for about a year, and then I got the opportunity. They saw that I had 
I guess, some kind of personality and I like to talk to people. So they asked me if I wanted to sell boats there. So I did that for a while. And um, then COVID came, of course, and uh, layoffs happened and I didn't know what to do. And I thought, well, crap, I, I used to sell a really bad baseball team and I thought I did a pretty decent job doing that. So uh, maybe I could sell cars, right? I was selling boats and those are not a, a necessity. That's a toy for rich people. So selling cars, I would think would be so much easier. So I had a lot of connections in the industry. And um, the first person I reached out to was, was not Batya. And uh, he offered me a job at, at Rexdale Hyundai and I was there for a while, but it, it was a bit of a drive for me. And it, I just really wasn't enjoying what was happening there for me. So, uh, and I was a Honda guy. So a friend of mine uh, asked me if I wanted to, to move to Honda. And I jumped at the opportunity and that was out in Georgetown where I worked for a year. And then Bolton came along and uh, well, I, I live seven minutes away. So it's a, it's a perfect opportunity. And uh, it's, a, it's a different than I ever imagined it being. And I think a lot of it is because the whole auto industry has changed over the last several years and, you know, going in and to buy say a $30,000 car and thinking you're gonna get out there paying 25 that ain't happening anymore unfortunately no. no margins nice to connect with you again and uh, so the block on march 18th in burlington and bolton honda if you need a new car absolutely jimmer thanks so much really appreciate it this segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley is ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 32 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Well, let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors, let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you a custom-tailored mortgage solution for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to DeanRomani.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Master your game strategy with the Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to Fox40Shop.com. And now a guy who has coaching boards written all over him, Jeff O'Neill. O-Dog, how are you today, sir? Jimmy, do you think I would be a good coach? <laughs> I think you might be a motivational coach guy. I don't know about the X's and O's. What do you mean, guy? I sat with you lots of nights, and we talked X's and O's on the post-game show, pre-game show, in between periods. That's all we did. That's all I know. Yeah. Would you use a coaching board? I mean, you might draw something funny up there. (laughs) Yeah, I'd draw your face. <laughs> there he is. There he is. <laughs> I wanted to go over this because I talked to Al's brother earlier in the week, and he seems okay. But but letting him go, that had to be a tough call. You know what, Jimmy? You've said it a lot in our times working together. It's a business, and when things don't work out, you got to fire people. It's just plain and simple. And he did some ridiculous things, made some ridiculous selections. And it didn't work out. And you know me, Jimmy. 
I'm not going to sign yeah. off on something if I look stupid. And I look stupid, and I had to fire him. I like to call that non-negotiable. Would you agree? I, I, that's one of my favorite terms from yours, and I use it a lot, and I take it as my own. Non-negotiable. Yeah. Non-negotiable, yes. and, that's, <laughs> and that's what that is. You, you use it so much that now Frankie C is starting to use it. So it's like uh, when I talk to you guys, it's like an echo. So you think that you – let me get this straight. You have apparently given me terms that I use so much that Frankie C uses that now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've really messed him up. <laughs> <laughs> I think Frankie's done a great job, Jimmy. Absolutely. I love working with him. He doesn't get up and make me read the out-of-town scoreboard. I mean, he's, he's a trooper. Oh, yeah? Do you bring him an ice cream after the second period? No, no guy. No, he's on his own. He, he knows still, how to feed himself. No, I know, but do you still huh. grab two or three and everyone else is scrambling to get one? No, no, I just I just do the one. Okay, Never, buddy, was, that's good. Yeah, I was just, you know, double-checking. You know, and I still remember those times when you used to bring me in supper, which was really special. Nobody's ever done that before or since. Well, here's your eating routine. You would eat the pregame meal, the media meal, and then you'd have three ice creams, and then I would bring you some from the alumni box. So it's quite a clinic yeah. you'd put on up there in the press box. Well, it requires a lot of energy to harness certain co-hosts. So, you know, I, I, think I, I don't think I put on any weight. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. So let's get into the hockey situation. What do you think the Leafs are going to do at the trade deadline? It's an interesting, it's an interesting scenario they're in. They've obviously got, once again, a great record. They're comfortably into the playoffs. They already know their opponent. It's just what are you going to do? What risks are going to be involved? There's some obviously key players out there. You look at the team of Meyer and Patrick Kane. They're a great ad for any team. I, I just think, Jim, with, with what lies ahead with, you know, certain players and where are they going to be and can you keep it all together and Kyle's contract, it's like I just kind of like, and it might not be, I'm sure this might shock you with my idea not being the most sensible thing, but I just kind of like the idea of kind of just throwing all the chips in and they're just loading up and don't just get one guy, get a couple, get a defenseman. I think you look at Colorado last year, they recognized the talent of their group. And at the deadline, they got Lekkanen, they got Cogliano, they got Manson on the back end. There might even be another guy in there, a depth guy. But it's just like they said, we're going to take a shot at this. We like our team. And, I know the road looks tough, Tampa and then Boston. Who the hell wants to deal with that? It's It looks like a daunting task, but there's nowhere to run and hide. And you can't just, you know, you've got to get in and, and give yourself the best chance because everybody, it's so easy to look at it, Jimmy, and say Tampa's so good and Boston's so good. But weird things happen. Maybe the Boston Bruins play somebody in the, in the Columbus Blue Jacket situation happens and they get upset somehow. And then they're possibly out of the way. Maybe you play the Tampa Bay Lightning and one of their key players gets injured in the first couple of games. And, and that, that's not such a daunting task. You just never know what can happen with, with that type of stuff in the playoffs. So getting in and giving your – like imagine if those one of those two scenarios are both found their way to happen – and you didn't go all in, and you could have said, this could have been our year. So I don't know what they're going to do. I'm sure they're going to find ways to upgrade their team. I think every general manager, past and present, has always said the team is going to dictate what we do. 
And if they're playing well and they have a great record, we'll reward them and show them that we have confidence. I just think at this time of their careers, they're all like, they're not, they're not kids anymore. They're not like, Oh, can these kids pull this off? You know, we're in a, we're in a time now where they're 25, 26 years old, where it's like, these guys should be able and capable of getting it done. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I think this is the time to load up. And, you know, I mean, if you're going to take, if you're serious about a run, you want to make sure you have no holes. Like you don't want to get eliminated at an early part of the playoffs because you didn't have the depth that you could have had if you made some moves. So I, I guess the biggest uh, uh, opening on this roster is the left side on the Tavares line. Uh, as, you know, when you're watching Kane play for Chicago Wednesday night, uh, you look at him and you go, well, that's Mitch Marner. I mean, I, I, I think Kane would be a nice ad, but I, I wouldn't put him on that line. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I used to work with somebody who said there's not really much sense of having duplicates. Yes. <laughs> That's actually one of my lines that I told that person. But <laughs> I, And then I they took it as their own, own, right? What are you talking about? Hang on. Let me tell my story, <laughs> Jimmy. It's my turn. Okay. Okay. But in the, in the scenario with Patrick Kane, it's like he's such a dynamic player, and they already have a Mitch Barner, but the difference is Patrick Kane's won three Stanley Cups, and he understands how to compete and get things done come playoff time. And there might be some kind of advantage in Patrick Kane, Jim, because he's, he's controls, he controls, you know, he controls the cards here. He can, t- he, he, he can tell Chicago where he wants to go and what he wants to do. So it's not like there's going to be 10 teams or three or four teams bidding on the guy. He might tell Chicago, Toronto's the only place I'm going. So make it happen. So that might be an advantage there, but the, the Meyer kid, man, he's a, he's an interesting case study because he's a big man. He's a power forward. He's a goal scorer. He's already got 31 or 32 goals. So you just look at that guy, the prospect of having him patrolling the left side. That's, that looks pretty, uh, advantageous to me to put that guy there but but when i talk about going all in i i I don't know i think big when i want to do something it's like why not try to find a way to make it both happen who knows just try to be creative and make it big and say we're we're tossing everything all in and then the guys kind of have it in their mind where the expectation is well maybe we are all in maybe we got to approach this different maybe we are looked at differently. Maybe the expectations, I don't know, just to kind of change up the mindset of the players as opposed to being, okay, this is year six. Hopefully we can run around. Maybe something like that kind of jars them a little bit and says, okay, now it's, now it's go time guys. And and we really got to make something happen. Yeah, it, it's a big ask because the team hasn't gotten out of the first round. I mean, you're, I mean, the expectations, if you do that are you finally get through the first round and you're expected to win the cup. That, that's a, that's a tall order, isn't it? Well, Jimmy, I think that's what the expectation should be. Like, people talk about, oh, they want to get through the first round. What the hell good is that? Like, yeah. for teams that are just like, I don't know, teams with no expectations sometimes, the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's like they got through the first round a couple of years ago. I don't think they were it's just to have the expectation of going through one round is nonsense. You got to be all in. They have the players and the talent to have bigger aspirations than that. Agree with you. And you would add a defenseman too, right? No, if I could. I mean, I don't know who's out there or what the possibilities are or if there's some kind of package deal. or I, I don't know. It's just, you know the deal, Jim. It's like you bring in better players or quality players. It kind of slots everybody differently and allows them to play the role and be successful. So whenever you have the opportunity to add quality players, 
it really kind of resets your lineup and puts everyone in a different position to succeed. So it's going to be fascinating to watch to see what they do. But, you know, anytime you can add quality at any position and those two positions, I mean, Jim, we've been talking about their decor and their play in their own zone and kind of the lack of toughness and physicality back there. You bring any kind of big body that's physical and kind of, you do the Raptors games and any kind of rim protection, it always helps yeah. out, man. Like defensively, yeah. it's like you can you can get some kind of rim protector there in basketball. And what that equates to in hockey is just somebody that's big and physical and clears the front of the net and can also make that first pass to the exit. It's it's just it's it's a real valuable commodity. It is, and it fills a void, and it allows everybody else to do what they're what they're supposed to do, as a, as opposed to filling in the void. So let me ask you this on the way out: Is there any way we can get you back on the Leafs broadcast with me, you, and Frankie C for for a one-off? We are going to do a three-man panel. We just have to figure out when that is, Jimmy. But it's going to be big, and people are going to be talking about it, and the band is getting back together. Oh, that's impressive! And I, you know, one of our listeners wanted to know. Um, since you and, and Al's brother have parted, does that mean the O-Dog Al's brother Olympics are off? Well, we're such great athletes, Jimmy, and we have such great physiques that we're not afraid of any type of challenge. So if there's some type of physical activity that needs to be documented, you know we're always up for that. Yes, yes, you are. I've seen many examples of that in the past. O-Dog, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Jimmy, I love you, pal, and thanks for having me on. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to DeanRomani.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors, let's start a conversation. Visit TurnerPorter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes, guy. No guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the fully sanctioned Yes Guy, No Guy segment on Yes Guy, the radio show. Our special guest is Frank Corrado, and the topic is cars. Frankie C., are you ready to go? Yes, guy. You know that. Okay, yeah. I just, you know, it's just an obligatory thing I have to do. <laughs> uh, yes, guy, no guy, number one. Your first car was a new car. No guy. My first car was a used Honda Civic. And it actually had rings on the roof where the pizza delivery sign used to be. So uh, I, 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 I was hoping no one would catch that when I was driving around. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it had an Adidas sticker somewhere on the back, uh, the back window, but I couldn't get it off. I kept trying to get this thing off. So I was driving around in an old pizza delivery car with an Adidas logo somewhere on the back. That, that's a calling card, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> yeah, future job. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, yes guy, no guy, you've owned a convertible. No guy. I wish I had, but no guy. Yeah, close as is I that, got was the sunroof. Is that because you don't want the mustache to fly off with the wind? <laughs> no. <laughs> no guy. No guy. Uh, it's because of winter driving. Uh, convertible, unless convertible is great if you have two cars, but I, you never saw the value of a convertible in the winter. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that was well done. Um, yes, guy. No guy. Lease. No guy. I've never done oh. a lease. I'm not opposed to it. Um, yeah. But the first two cars I had, well, okay, so the, the first car I ever bought myself was, um, I bought it outright. I actually bought it from the auction. A friend of mine 
a friend of my father's actually was a used car dealer. We went right to the auction. We bought it there. And he actually did us a huge favor early on in my hockey career when I went up to Sudbury. He actually let me use a car right off his lot because I needed a car to get around in Sudbury. Obviously couldn't afford one at the time. He said, drive it for the season, bring it back. I'll sell it for whatever I can afterwards. So he did me a huge favor. And then as soon as I signed my first um, entry-level contract, we bought the car. And then when I was playing for the Leafs, my transmission started going. It was like an 07 Ford Edge. And I was in the parking lot with like Bentleys, Porsches, BMWs, all these cars. And I had this this Ford Edge. So I ended up getting a a three-year-old Audi Q5, which I still have. I think it's got about 210,000 kilometers on it. Um, I'm still driving it. Um, but yeah, like I, I just bought that outright as well. I've, I've never leased a car, but I, I definitely would. Um, speaking of leasing cars, if you're going to yes, drive man. a sports car, you're probably going to have to lease it. So Jimmy, you're a sports car guy. Um, uh, I'm going to say not in the traditional sense. So no guy, but I like a car where you step on the gas and it responds. Got to have a little kick. Okay, so turbo, so let me, definitely turbo. Let, let me let me hit you with a little supplemental yes guy, no guy here. Muscle cars yeah. tickle your fancy. Uh, they did in the day when they had muscle cars. Yes, <laughs> yes guy. <laughs> when it was when it was a relevant term, absolutely yes guy. Yeah. Those things were uh, they're like airplanes with no wings. I mean, they they really flew, and some of them were fairly light and dangerous that way. So yes guy yeah. to that. They they um, don't even make a lot of noise either. They're very quiet. No, no, well, yeah. just the tires. Then, but everything <laughs> else is like whoa, get out of the way. Um, yes yeah. guy, no guy, loaded all options. Yes, guy. I will say that with a little bit of an asterisk. It depends what you think all the options are. I need leather. I like a sunroof. I mean, the days of saying power windows and air conditioning, like that's all that's all included. My car doesn't have the uh, the reverse camera, which I'm fine with. I just have the, the the beepers, I guess it lets you know if you're getting too close. So um, I consider myself a little old school that way, but when it comes to the other things like having a sunroof, having heated seats, leather seats, oh yes, guy, I need yeah. those, especially in the winter, guy. Yeah, Jimmy, go ahead. You're a little bit old school, so oh. you can drive stick. Yes, I can. Yeah, my first car was a stick, and I learned how to drive it on the way to work. So that was impressive at the stoplights. Oh, sorry, pop the clutch. Yeah, yeah, I can drive a stick. Yeah. <laughs> how many times did you stall that car on the way to oh, work? Oh well, well, I, I practiced in the driveway, and then I, I probably every stoplight. I mean, it was just a, like a freak job. It's like, oh no, <laughs> and then people behind are trying to ram you because you know they they don't have the stick, and yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's a little uh, labor intensive, but uh, I could drive a stick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes, guy, no guy. Your car is here for a good time, not a long time. No guy. My car is here for a long time. I bought my car in the summer of 2016, and we are now in February of 2023, and I'm still driving it. It's still kicking. I'm pretty lucky, I'll be honest. My brother-in-law is a mechanic, so you know things that have come up with the car, it hasn't cost me that much to fix. Uh, but I try and... I. My motto is I will drive this car into the ground before I get another car. Jimmy, we're both Italian. We both Mm. appreciate nice cars. But let me ask Mm. you this. Ferrari over Lamborghini. Oh, 
Guy, I don't think you'd lose either way. But I'm gonna, just for the, the for the participation in the segment, I'm going to say yes, guy. Yeah, yes, guy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm with you there, and even just yeah. just the fact that it's the F1 team, it's the horse prancing around. It's like the original horse, you know, like Lamborghini yeah, yeah. was the the second one to come because I guess they were partners and they split up. I don't know the whole story, but um, yeah, I don't know if, if given the option, Jimmy, if I were to walk into a couple million dollars, I'd probably be going Ferrari over Lamborghini. Okay, we have to end on this. And it's uh, supplemental, not connected to cars. Yes, guy, no guy. You steal lines from O-Dog. Yes, guy. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, what well, he said? Is yeah, yeah. We'll said? just we'll leave it on that. We'll leave, oh, let's go out in the normal way. One, two, three. Yes, yes guy. guy.